With Minecraft Live 2022 looming on the horizon, the attention of many is focused on the new mob loot. Three competitors are battling it out for their position in the world of Minecraft. We know who they are and what they do, but we do not know their stories. Well, let us try to discover those stories. Welcome to Season 3 of the Ender Library Podcast. Hello everybody, it is good to be back. My name is Shadow, and I'm your host and head librarian on the Ender Library Podcast. It's been a while since I recorded, for sure. It's been definitely a couple months, and i kind of forgotten how to do this, but hey, I'm back, and I'm glad to be here, really. There are a couple of things to cover before we get into today's theories. So, first and foremost, you probably heard the theme music just now, right after the little teaser, as I call it. Well, I want to give a huge thank you and shout out to Axel from the Ender Library Discord server for creating that theme music. Axel, you did an amazing job. Hope you guys like it. So once again, thank you so much for creating it. So that's that. Also, this podcast is now one year old. We had our, the one year anniversary, the 9th of September, and it's been a journey, really. I mean... The very first week I uploaded an episode to this podcast, which was the Ender Library trailer, I got eight listens that I yeah I got eight listens that week, and now I'm getting over a thousand per week because of the stuff that's going on right now. And I started out with maybe like three listeners, now I have hundreds. And originally I had very vague ideas about what I was going to do, and now you got you guys are sending in theories that I would have never come up with. So once again. Thank you so much for showing all the support that you have over the year, yeah, over pretty much the year that this podcast has been running, because without you guys, you listeners out there, this podcast would not be what it is today. That's that. And then, since this is once again the new season, season three, I'm going to try and experiment experiment with some stuff, like you heard, I have the intro song now, thanks to Axel. And just, I'm going to try tweaking a little things, seeing how this works, how this works. However, I am still going to try and keep, I'm definitely keeping theories in. I'm definitely keeping the story segments in, because it seems you really like those. Now, anyways, you're probably wondering, you're, well, yeah, you're probably waiting for me to continue to the, towards the story segment. So, I probably shouldn't keep you waiting. So, with without further ado, let's rejoin Kirithil on his adventures inside the halls of the Ender Library. Deep in the farthest reaches of the End Dimension lies the Ender Library. For ages, this mysterious place was a thing of legend, haunting the minds of the travelers, adventurers, and theorists. However, it remained undiscovered, gathering dust in the reaches of the End. Then, just over a year ago, an adventurer by the name of Kirithil stumbled upon it during an exploration of the farthest reaches of the End. 
Word got out, and the once silent library halls were abuzz with newcomers. Patrons of the library were diving deep into the unknown, exploring the mysteries of the Minecraft universe, and constructing theories about the what's, the why's, the how's, the when's, and so on and so forth. In the past few months, however, the first resident and now head librarian of the Ender Library, Kirithal, had vanished from the halls. He had been contributing greatly to the theories that people were discovering, and reading other people's theories and seeing how they fit in. But he just vanished one day. Many wondered about his absence, but strived on, writing new hypotheses and assumptions, researching questions that had no answers. Until something happened. The sound of a lone firework was not new to the inhabitants of the Ender Library, but one went off. And this one had a special passenger. Flying on his elytra, laden with books, scrolls, papers, and various little vials, came Kirithil, the head librarian. Turns out he had been away on a research mission all over the three worlds of Minecraft, the Old World, the Nether, the End. He had been doing research, trying to find the latest stories, searching for secrets, listening for whispers of things lost to time. But now, he has returned. He returned with his findings, eager to share them with others, and see what others had come up with while he was gone. He carefully touched down on the endstone path that someone had constructed, a much softer landing than from when he first found the library and nearly died. As he passed the gates and entered the main atrium with the Ender Dragon mosaic on the floor, he smiled. He heard snippets of conversations, he smelled the smell of paper and ink. He was back. As he walked through the atrium, he heard snippets of conversations, people talking about some new mobs that may have been spotted in the overworld. A strange feeling, feeling took over Kirithil, and he decided to take a trip down memory lane. So he turned and walked towards and down the mob section aisle. As he walked down, he was skimming the titles as he walked by. The Warden's Symphony, Chicken Code, ML2020MV, Fishing in Caves, the Hardcore Edition it seemed, ML202021MV, and there it was. A new book with the phrase ML2022MV engraved on the cover in gold lettering. Garethel smiled, took the book off the shelf, and began to read. Now, as you probably have guessed, be it from the title, the story segment, or from the news going around the Minecraft community, today's episode is all about the Minecraft Live 2022 mob vote. This year, the three new mobs are the Sniffer, the Rascal, and the Tough Golem. Now, there are already plenty of videos on YouTube and probably some podcasters as well that have already probably created their own theories. Now, I am have not listened to those yet specifically because I'd rather not have my own thoughts be influenced by one of those. I want to try and put out my own personal just thoughts and ideas about these mobs, and then maybe later in time I'll look at those videos and see if I can find maybe connections. But, as of now, 
I'll just propose my own little theories and ideas of what may be going on. So, the first mob that I'll be talking about is the Sniffer. Now, there is a lot to address, so the main information that I'm going to be looking from is from the article posted on Minecraft.net and the Minecraft Live YouTube video, and all of them will be linked in the show notes for this episode. Anyways, let's get started. So, for in the trailer, we see that there is a large egg. We'll talk about the egg first. This egg is found underwater, and according to the article, I believe, these large eggs can be found underwater in chests inside of underwater ruins. These eggs are ancient eggs, and they are not eggs of birds, since, as we saw, a sniffer came out of the egg. And the sniffer looks pretty strange. It has six gray legs. It has a squarish red body with a green teal-ish shell on it and a yellow beak or snout. Then, what it essentially does is it's supposed to go around the overworld and able to sniff out and dig up ancient seeds. Pretty simple, but there are a couple interesting things that kind of caught my eye. We'll talk about them each individually. So first of all, let's look at the egg factor. We know that this is an ancient egg. In fact, we know it's a prehistoric egg. So we, I, I personally would presume that this could be a fossilized egg. And this could be backed up by the sound that you heard, you would hear in the trailer right before the egg hatched. It was kind of like two rocks grinding against each other. I couldn't really place the sound in Minecraft since I don't know the sounds as well. However, it was definitely the sound of like two rocks grinding next to each other. So I'm going to assume that the egg could be a fossil. However, if this egg is a fossil, then we could possibly connect this. We could connect the sniffer to the to the fossils that we find in the overworld. Now these fossils are absolutely massive. They I do not know. I don't. I can't recall the size of them, but they are big enough probably for you to easily walk through them. And the skulls are pretty big as well. The thing that's interesting also. At the very end of the trailer for the Sniffer, it, the narrator said, Will the Sniffers rule the overworld? And with that, we could possibly, we could probably have a clear assumption that these Sniffers lived in the prehistoric and ancient times of the Minecraft universe. And maybe they could have been the largest or one of the, excuse me, one of the largest animal, I guess, land-dwelling animals of the overworld. As we saw in the trailer, we had a small one about the size of a block that hashed out an egg. However, there was an absolutely massive one that was taller than tiny Agnes. I I would guess probably around maybe like two, two and a half, three blocks high. Just a guess of it. Which was interesting to say the least. Now, it, it all, did, I believe, also say in the article that these are gentle giants. So, and if we go, and if we look at our own prehistoric history, we could connect them to probably the giant herbivores from the dinosaur ages. Now, they also have had, it also mentioned horticultural skills, and that is, of course, accent, their ability to sniff out and dig up ancient seeds. Now, looking again at their appearance, it clearly stated in the trailer that they are not birds, and this makes sense. They have six gray legs, and from if I I guess I can if I can recall ish, 
The other animals that have more than four legs would be, of course, the spiders. Uh, let's see, we the spiders and the squid, I believe, which is interesting. And I don't know, if, I don't think bees have legs, which, but it's interesting to say the least. It has a red body and a green shell. And right away when I first saw this uh, color combination, I immediately thought about the warped forests in the nether dimension. The green perfectly matches with the, le with the leaves, and the red, of course, with the netherrack. And I'll touch that up in a second. It also, as we saw on the bigger uh, version of it in the trailer, it has something like kind of ears or flaps on the side of it. I guess similar to kind of that of a dog. We could see the eyes, but with the small one, we couldn't, we couldn't really see the eyes, which could possibly hint at sniffers probably relying on smell more than sight, similar how to the... I guess, similar to the Warden, how the Warden relies on sound rather than sight. But then again, the Warden is deaf. It is, is blind. It can't see anything about deaf. And then it has a yellow beak or snout. Now, we could presume it to be a beak. And if it was a beak, I would think of it to be kind of similar to like those comic parrots that, I guess... Oh, actually, that's what it was. If it's a beak, it could be similar to the, like the beak of Iago from the, the parrot from Aladdin. And that's what it would be like, I think, if it had a snout, if it had a beak. If it had a snout, however, I would probably relate it to more like wild pigs and hogs from the real world. And of course, they use, of course, this snout or beak to smell and find ancient seeds. Now, I guess let's, let's, let's explore the, the two strange connections of, an, of the large egg and the way, and I guess the way the mob is. The large egg, as we saw in the trailer, it was massive. I mean, of course, uh, Tiny Agnes could pr practically hug it. So, if we're going off from that, and not from some, and not from, let's say, like normal eggs that you would get in Minecraft, we could assume that this egg is the size of the Ender Dragon egg, or close to it. Maybe it's a bit thinner and taller. But still, it is of that size. If it's that big, we would assume if let's say it's about a block tall and block wide, that would make sense for this baby sniffer to be a block tall, block wide. Well, I'd say like a block long and about those dimensions. Now, what's interesting is these eggs will be found in chests underwater in underwater ruins, no less. So it seems whatever civilization that built the underwater ruins. Well, it had sniffer eggs. What's strange about this, though, is that if we assume that sniffer eggs can be found and only be found in underwater ruins, that means there were no sniffer eggs on dry land. Yet sniffers are more focused, and I guess sniffers are more useful, and their ability just works better on land than underwater. So why would ancient builders or these citizens of this underwater or I guess yeah this underwater civilization have a need for sniffers? Well I guess a couple hypotheses that could come up is A, what if sniffers do survive underwater? What if sniffers can actually walk around underwater and dig up seeds that are deep underneath the sea? I mean, that could happen. We we oftentimes could find sea, um, fossils on the bottom of the sea floor, 
And we also find uh, proof of prehistoric animals on the seafloor as well, or like on the bottoms of um, bodies of water and stuff like that. But what if sniffers can survive underwater? That could be one reason for it, but it still doesn't make sense. Sniffers are, as it said, they have horticulture skills. They focus on plants more, like seeds. And from what I can recall, un if you're living in one of the underwater ruins, you have probably either have kelp to eat, fish, or you would have to build a farm. And we have found no proof of farms being built by ancient civilizations underwater. We have farms for villagers, but nothing underwater. And with the um, drowned carrying tridents and stuff like that, I would naturally assume that if the drowned are an ancient civilization, they were most likely primarily a fishing civilization. Fishing was a primary source of getting, a primary way of getting food. The other possible ways where they could have gotten plant food besides kelp would have been from shipwrecks where I believe you can find potatoes and maybe carrots. Still doesn't make sense to me. However, the two connections I think from underwater from the sea to the land is either from the ships. Then again, we primarily find shipwrecks and never complete ships. That and buried treasure. With buried treasure, we find all kinds of things like maybe diamonds, maybe iron, TNT. But then we find a heart of the sea. And a heart of the sea combined with nautilus, surrounded by nautilus shells creates, and I believe, I forget, I forget the term, gosh, I need, to, I need to get caught up in my Minecraft knowledge, but what it's created is highly advanced technology that fits perfectly into the underwater scenario. It doesn't work on land, but it works underwater, and that's the only connection that we have. So, I can't really come up with a good theory right here on the spot. Maybe one interesting, I guess one possible theory could be that poaching of some type was involved. What if this underwater uh, this underwater civilization during their um, expeditions on land found sniffers and then maybe they found a sniffer nest. They take they raid the sniffer nest, take the eggs and take them back with them to the to their underwater civilization. Why would this be? It could be the classic, um, I guess, raider uh, stereotype, such as with Vikings, you go, you raid, you loot, and you leave. And it could be that. However, let's think about, if we go to the ancient civilizations, the ones that were on land would not have a need for farms. Since, would not have a truly decent need for snippers, since they already had farms. Maybe they did. But what if, if we assume, with the heart of the sea, that these underwater dwellers were probably just as smart, if not smarter, well, actually, I'm just going to say just as smart, or even more um, technologically advanced than those on land. While those that lived on land developed portals to the nether and the end, they developed warfare and stuff like that. Those underwater, they developed the heart of the sea, they built giant temples, and we have the guardians, which are proof of arti artificial mobs. So, what if, somehow, they predicted this mass extinction event that happened that wiped out the ancient civilizations? Or maybe they thought they predicted it. Maybe there was an element of starvation. Maybe that maybe 
the overworld was going to be burned to a crisp, or maybe there would not be enough food. So what if these ancient underwater dwellers kid kidnapped Sniffer eggs and took them with them as a backup plan? They took them as a way to restart life after it is after this Armageddon or apocalypse or mass extinction event happens. However, they may have been right, or maybe only partially right, because we don't have any any underwater living dwellers besides the drowned and the natural spawning mobs. So I think that's probably my best theory as to why snippers can be found in in underwater ruins, is because the underwater citizens were smart enough to try and prepare for a possible mass extinction event. That, or unless that is my probably my primary theory, but the things that kind of contradict that theory are my little guesses about what could be related to the sniffer and questions about the sniffer. Can the sniffer function underwater? If it can function underwater, maybe instead of as a preparation for the Armageddon and this mass extinction event, they were instead using them to increase their plant diet. That, but then also, can sniffers function in the nether? I mean, their color scheme and their color palette is very reminiscent of a warped forest. Maybe we can assume that sniffers actually originate from the warped forest. But then on the opposite side, we have no proof of that yet, especially with eggs being found underwater of all places. Actually, maybe that's why the eggs haven't hatched. What if sniffers... Hmm, let's see how I put this. I'm coming up with stuff on the fly, as usual, with, like, some notes written down in front of me. What if sniffers originated in the nether? Sniffers are probably one of the only, I guess, vegetarian... Uh, no, what am I saying? They're the only herbivores in the nether. Therefore, their coloring is camouflage. However, maybe these ancient... Um, well, let's see, I gotta stop saying ancient all the time. Maybe these ancient civilizations that lived on land, once again I said it, found sniffer eggs and took them back with them as maybe as a food source. However, maybe the eggs were really hot. Temperature-wise, they were really hot and they couldn't really handle them. And when sniffer started hatching and digging up these strange plants that could become an alien species and take over the farms of the villagers and these, and these ancient civilizations, they realized they had to stop them. So, they took these eggs and gave them to the underwater civilization to keep to protect them. Maybe? I'm literally just coming up with stuff on the fly. Now, once again, now let's see. With, the, with them being like multiple sizes and also collected the fossils, my connect, the only thing I would think about is that I remember seeing a picture of one of like the full fossils from uh from the Minecraft world was like a giant rib cage and a skull with like a two block hole for like a snout. That could be a giant sniffer. And like over time maybe sniffers evolved to be smaller and survive easier. And that's why we have these big sniffers nonetheless, but they're not as big as their ancestral uh as their ancestors. And the proof of this can be seen in the real world where we had giant ants and dragonflies living in the ancient days. But now ants are absolutely tiny. Dragonflies are kind of small. Maybe. But that's pretty much what I have on the sniffer. Now, I actually probably would say that the sniffer had probably the most 
thought put into it before the recording of this podcast, of this episode. Now, let's look at The Rascal. The Rascal is probably, I guess, the most intriguing to many out there, because it is a humanoid mob. We will have humanoid mobs such as skeletons, zombies, endermen, pigmen, villagers, blah blah blah, but these are different. These are smaller. They are a block tall, and now I know somebody's gonna say, what about baby zombies? What about baby piglins? No, no, no. These guys live in the overworld. They can specifically be found only in mines. And it says, and it said in the trailer, Mystery of the Mines. And the basic goal of it is that you will find the rascal in the mines. And as I said, I believe in the article, it is a playful and hopeful mob. And also light. So you're going to play a game of hide and seek with it. After you find it three times, it'll give you a prize. Now, with the prizes that were featured in the Rascal trailer and like the Which Mob You're Going to Vote For trailer, it dropped an enchanted pickaxe and a shovel. And this could, and also in the article, it did say it is mischievous but will not lead you to a warden's den. The Rascal can be found just below Y0. It is dressed in a green cloak with a hood of sorts, does have a hump on its back, and the entire height is like a block tall. What is interesting to me was it had a backpack or a bundle of sorts, but the face kind of reminded me of a cat. It's not like the average Steve, and it's not like a zombie. It's a completely different humanoid species. And I think this species could possibly hold answers as to what happened before the mass extinction event. Because rascals survived. And rascals, at least from what we can see, they're intelligent creatures. Because while probably like with villagers and, and other mobs, they don't know how to craft, well, we don't have proof that villagers can't craft, but we have no proof of them actually crafting. If we assume the rascals can't craft, they still know how to use, or at least know what to do with tools such as pickaxes and shovels. Which means that if it gives you a prize after you found it three times, they have at least some type of concept of trade, maybe. And possibly even value if it gives you something like an enchanted iron pickaxe. It did also say in the article that it will give you hints. It's also mischievous, but will not lead you to a warden's den. Which means that this rascal has the, how do I say it? The rascal has the know-how and is intelligent enough to recognize danger. It is also able to recognize if something is, if a task is difficult enough, it'll give you hints and also know not to go towards the warden's den. Now, with its cat face, I've, even just from friends, I've heard various theories. What if it is an ancient builder that has, I guess, of sorts, evolved and changed to become a this one block tall rascal. I don't think so. It moves a little bit faster than that of I guess an average ancient builder like a builder of us. I don't think that's possible. The face does not match up. The face is I think is much closer to that of a cat. And I think because of the way it moves and the fact that it prefers to enjoy hide and seek than rather just approaching you right away, I do think it is some type of humanoid creature with cat-like features. I mean, even the, I believe, the limbs did have, like, so, like, little claws on it of sorts. 
like little pixels that show like where like the individual like fingers of a paw would be. So I think that's probably what happens. And now there could be tons of theories about why this what could have happened to the Rascal civilization before. Maybe they were enslaved or servants to these ancient builders. Maybe they just lived maybe they just lived next to each other. Maybe they lived their entire lives in caves underground. Each one of those makes sense and doesn't. If of course that makes sense, it's none of them really sound right. If they were, they were, we have the one talking about them being captured and used as labor in ancient builder civilizations. Sure, it is possible. However, we don't really have proof of their existence in the in the overworld. We don't have. We just 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 doesn't exist. That's the first of all. Second, it would be probably tricky for ancient builders to probably catch him in the first place unless we start thinking about things such as people using um, see, fishing poles in PvP as an example, or maybe them capturing them in shulkers like as they did with the shulker mobs. Now, it's tricky. I can't really think of anything else. However, this creature is, I guess, a little bit antisocial but does not want to be seen. Hide and seek, but then once again, a green cloak and hood. But whatever it is, it does hide the secret or information to what happened to those ancient builders, or what happened in the past before we as players spawned or woke up, or whatever you want to call it, in the overworld. They hold that secret. I, I don't know what it is, but they do hide something. One connection that I did was kind of thinking along the lines of if it was some type of humanoid related to villagers or Steve, uh, I was thinking along the process of what happened to Gollum from Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, for those of you who have read it. And I am going to talk a little about Gollum real quick, so if you don't want to hear about him, just skip ahead or blot or just don't listen and stuff like that. It was going to be real quick. So, spoiler alert about Gollum. Gollum started out as a riverful, or it's kind of like a, or similar to a hobbit. However, once he found the found found the One Ring, his life was extended, and he eventually became from this like normal river folk to like this hunched creature that survived only in the dark, living off a of fish and a, and an occasional goblin that he killed. What if this is something that happened to the rascal? What if the rascal is a normal being, but for one reason or another, it became this. I'm not. It became this like small creature skittish, but yet it's still intelligent. So maybe something like that happened. And because it can only be found in mines and mine shafts, we can we can possibly presume that we have chests, we have chests and mine and minecart chests. In the past, we presumed that those might have been what ancient builders might have left in the mine shafts. But what if it's a combination of what they left in the mine shafts and what the rascals brought in? I mean, it's entirely plausible. We have string, maybe a string from a rascal's cloak. And these pickaxes and shovels that they find, if they didn't craft them, maybe it's from the minecarts. And if they know they, if they, and if they know the purpose of value, that could possibly also hint in to their intelligence and how and to the stuff that we find in minecarts. Once again, it's pretty tricky for me to figure out about the rascals, but as of now. That's all the information I have on the rascals. So, 
let's move on to the third and final mob. Now, the third and final mob is the Tough Golem. With the Tough Golem, it's a bit interesting. We already have Iron Golems, we had Snow Golems, and also Copper Golems were introduced in last year's Minecraft mob boat. These ones are, I think, a little bit more interesting than the Copper Golem. And let's dive into that. First and foremost, at the very beginning of the trailer, the caption read, or I guess like the title read, Case of the Missing Statues. Not even, and the Tough Golem is a statue that comes alive and can pick up and carry items that you give it or it picks up off the ground. And pretty much that's it. It's a statue that can come alive and act as a display stand, I guess to put it bluntly. Now, what was interesting to me is when it wakes up, there's a grinding rock sound similar to that one from the sniffer. That one was kind of interesting, maybe as of course it's wakened up, and stuff like that. What was interesting to me was the color of the eyes. When I first saw the trailer, I thought the eyes were similar, similar to that of enderpearls. But then when I looked at the trailer closer, the eyes were more of a blue color. And you already know if you listen to this podcast, and probably there's some theories out there, the light blue color is most often associated with souls. This comes from soul fire and the souls that we see coming up from soul sand. Also soul lanterns and soul torches. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we can derive from just the trailers and the articles. The tough golems are have been built with a soul inside of them. I can probably say that with almost 100%. Tough golems, whether you can craft them or not, they have an aspect of souls in them. Something or someone captured a soul, put it into this case or the shell made out of tough, and thus came the tough golem. And this kind of and this kind of goes back to the case of gold with the totem of a dying theory that came out a while ago. That came out right after the Ender trailer, Ender Library trailer, back like a year ago. But with the bluish light and souls, I'm pretty confident that that's what happened here. Now, let's see. I'm trying to look at here. We have now connecting case of the missing statues to this bluish light. There are two possible things that might have happened. First of all, maybe ancient builders were constructing a temple or some type of structure. I think probably something similar to like a jungle temple, or maybe the um the stronghold. Yeah, the strongholds or like the jungle jungle temples. Maybe the tough golems were originally statues there. However, some type of event maybe happened. Maybe there was an attack by the illagers. Maybe a strange magical event occurred. Maybe the skulk reached the surface, something like that. Somehow, a soul was put into a tough golem statue. And the tough golem became alive. And maybe the tough golem found maybe like a seed, a seed that dropped down, like an apple, or something like that, picked it up, and wandered off. And maybe once the ancient builders came back to the temple for one reason or another, and noticed the temples, and noticed the statuettes from the temple temples missing, I'd assume they'd be freaked out. I mean, 
It's a block. It's the tough goal is about a block tall. It's a short uh, mob, but still, I would assume to be decently heavy. So when all of these statues just vanished off a temple, maybe that's why the ancient builders abandoned them. So there's that. I think, and the second one. Maybe tough golems were originally designed to be kind of like this thing of manual labor. I mean, it would make sense. A soul is put into this stone short mob. This mob can pick up and carry things. So maybe they were inspired by the Endermen or took inspiration from the Endermen's action and transferred it into this tough golem. And also, they had this kind of like, I guess you can call it maybe like an off switch or function where once they didn't need the tough golems anymore, they just shut them off. And maybe one night, an ancient builder accidentally forgot to pick something off the ground. The tough golem came to life and walked off. Therefore, in case of the missing statues. Now, one thing that is interesting is that this is an artificial mob. And I've already talked about artificial mobs in the past. But this one's different. This one relates to other golems. We already have iron golems constructed out of iron blocks. We have snow golems created created out of snow and a jack-o'-lantern. We also had a chance at getting copper golems made out of copper. And now we have tough golems made out of tough. I believe it's a block. I think it's a block, yeah. So this poses the question of if we assume that all let's just assume that all of these golems exist in Minecraft. We have these giant iron golems that act as defenders to villages and maybe acted as defenders of ancient builders at times. We have snow golems that were maybe just an accidental magical mishap that occurred. Now they're just kind of like just strolling around the world, tossing snowballs at evil mobs. Then we have copper golems. Maybe somebody tinker around, tinker, tinkered around and experimented with copper and maybe got struck by lightning or something. I mean, they have a lightning rod on their heads and the thing came to life be it by redstone, by electricity, something like that, it came to life, and it would be attracted to like pushing buttons and stuff like that. And now we have golems made of stone. They are difficult to break, maybe, and they might have been used as hard labor or as workers due to their indestructibility, maybe, and also with the fact they could just be turned on and off whenever they were needed. What if there are other golems out there? Other golems that were created. Maybe there's like a wood golem maybe out there. An ice golem. And a gold golem. A endstone golem for all we know. This just opens up a lot of opportunities for that. And I guess the fun, final I guess, little detail that we can put in for the tough golem is that it had a generic... It also had a red, yellow, and black cloak on it in the trailer. This can be uh, created if you put a wool block into its crafting recipe. However, it was red, yellow, and black. I unfortunately can't really see the the what do those colors mean. I mean, they can all tie to everything. My guess would be maybe those colors tie in to some type of culture of ancient a ancient civilization's culture. That's probably my only guess to what that could tie into. And I think that's probably all I have on the tough golem as well. I mean, the sniffer, personally for me, had the most amount of lore to explore, with the rascal having the greatest possibility of lore, and the tough golem primarily just opening up 
possibilities of what could be constructed in the world of Minecraft and other uses of souls. But anyways, I think that's it for the theories. So let's just head to the ending. Well, that wraps it up for today's episode. Once again, I'm so happy to be back and recording these episodes. It may not be a strictly set schedule, but I'll definitely try and put out some episodes every now and then. As always, if you have theories, suggestions, contradictions, things you want me to talk about, you can send them to my email at of enderlibraryhost at gmail.com. It'll be in the show notes below. Also, if you didn't know, we have a Discord server. I'll link that invite in the show notes below as well. Come join us. We have great discussions all the time. People come up with theories. People have fun. And I'll be on every now and then. Also, the links to the Minecraft Mobo 2022 articles and videos will also be in the show notes below. Well, show notes of this episode. So, once again, I'm glad to be back. Thank you so much, Axel, for creating that amazing intro music. So, once again... Thank you so much, guys. Keep theorizing, keep doing your research, and I'll see you then.